Jesus' name. Everybody said amen and amen at home. And I'm excited about the final week of Come Alive. The final week of Come Alive. Um, I hope we've saved the best one for last. I believe this about the last one, that if you miss the, the last one, then the other ones won't matter because if you're not led by the Holy Spirit, if you're not truly led by the Holy Spirit, then, then you can do the rest and you can go through the motions, but if God is not leading you, then it will not matter. Come alive. If, if Just as a reminder, this, this initial message, week one, came from Ezekiel chapter 37. To be spirit-led was the, was the third point of the three points. We, we hit the other two the last two weeks, and I encourage you, if you didn't see it, go back and watch it. But this particular week, we're talking about being spirit-led. And so in Ezekiel 37, this was the dry bones message, if you remember. And, and, and Ezekiel gets led out, and he says, can these dry bones live again? Is it possible? And he goes through, he's like, only you know, Lord, this is crazy, I'm not sure. And then, and then when he gets down to verse 9, this is what God says to Ezekiel. He says, prophesy to the breath. Prophesied to the breath because he's got these bones and they're starting to look alive and, and, and look the part and they're having skin on them and they, got, and they got tendons and ligaments coming together but they still don't have life. And he says, prophesy to the breath and say to the breath, thus says the Lord, come from the four winds. Now let me stop. We're going to use this in just a minute. But I don't know if y'all know this, but if north, south, east, and west, if the wind is blowing, those winds are all very different. Like, the east wind is a big, strong, destroying wind. That's why we get hurricanes on the east coast, because they come in and they do damage. And the west wind is, is a different wind. It's a different wind altogether. The north wind, the Bible says in, I think it's Proverbs 25, 23, that, that the north wind brings rain, and the south wind, we know, brings warmth. So they all four, metaphorically, have different purposes that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded, and the breath came in them, and they lived. And they stood on their feet an exceedingly great army. And that's our prayer today. That not only will you live, and will I live, but the people around us, and that the church, and I'm going to say capital C church, not just Four Points Church, but capital C church can rise up. And can I just say this real quick? The answer is yes, because I have the microphone. Listen. Now's the time, church. Now's the time not to feel sorry for ourselves and to beat ourselves up and think, oh, woe is me. We have to stay home. But now's the time to love people and to follow Jesus and to do what the Spirit leads us to do. Now is the time, more than any in our lifetime, to be Spirit-led. There is great hope in this season. I know that it stinks, and I know the media is telling us that we need to run and we need to be afraid, but we need to re remain steadfast and not be afraid. And we can be led by the Spirit. We do not have to be afraid. And so, here's the question that I want to ask right now is, who is in control of the wind? Now, everybody knows the answer, right? Because I don't know if y'all know this, but y'all can't control the wind. 
And at this point, I've yet to figure out how I can control the wind, right? I, I haven't been able to say like Jesus did when he was out on the boat and the wind was blowing and, they, and the disciples were freaking out and he said, peace, be still. And, that was like, and it was still. That has never happened to me. Any of y'all? Crickets. That's how a couple weeks ago you get it. Okay, here we go. That's never happened to me. It's never happened to me that I can look at the wind and say, peace, be still. But this is the problem. In our lives, we wouldn't say I'm trying to control the wind. We wouldn't say we're trying to control the wind, but we're all the time trying to fight it. We're all the time frustrated with it. We're all the time asking God to change the direction of what's taking place. And here's the problem with that. Is when I turn this small fan on, it's nice. Some of y'all going to get blown away on the front. You're welcome for that. It's loud, isn't it? If I was to use this wind because I've got Hastings' little kite, let me just get it so y'all can enjoy this. This is such a big, nice kite, isn't it? If I were to use this wind, it would fly this kite really easily, right? But, but if I were to try to fight it and say, I don't like the direction the wind was going, how many of y'all know it wouldn't go well? Huh? It would not go very well. And so what ends up happening is I want it turned down or I, I, I like it on high or I like it whatever. And we argue and we fight. Now listen, this is important before I move on. The word for spirit in the Old Testament and the New Testament is ruach and, and, and pneuma. The word for spirit is literally not spirit. It's the best that the scholars could write. They, put, they did spirit or ghost in the King James. But the actual word should be wind or breath. Now, this is why I think they didn't translate it that way. If you said holy wind, that's a little weird. If you said holy breath, right? Super weird. I guess God's breath would smell good, though, if y'all are with me. And so maybe we should get those, like, lifesavers because they got the holes in them because that'd be holy breath. That's really bad. Preacher joke. You're welcome. But, but holy breath and holy wind doesn't even make sense. And so if you, were to, if you were to tell someone you should invite the holy breath into your life, people would be like, they're already weirded out by spirit, right? Because spirit is spooky enough. But it's not scary. He gives life. Literally in that story that we were reading in Ezekiel, all that it's saying is without the Holy Spirit, we're just a body without life. And so you can do all the motions, you can speak life, you can, you can go through all the right things, but if you don't have the breath of God flowing in and through you, it's pointless. And a lot of times what the problem is, is we look and say, I don't like the way that the wind is blowing today, God, so I'm going to fight against it. And if you've ever been with a woman, some of y'all are women, so you've been with a woman that you. If you've ever been with a lady like my wife, and she works on her hair, and it looks all pretty, and it's great, and then she walks outside, and then this guy happens, and the wind is blowing really hard, and she gets inside after the wind starts blowing. La, 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 la. And the wind starts blowing really hard. If y'all have ever seen it, they come in and they go, Ugh, I'm done. I did all this work on the wind, and I'm done with it. stupid. I did my hair. Yeah. And she gets mad, and then if, if all the other situations aren't good and my hair's all over the place and mine doesn't move a whole lot in the wind, so praise the Lord, it's good. But we want to control the direction of the wind. Let me give you a translation. We want to be able to decide the outcomes of our lives because control is the key word here. We don't like what's going on right now. And we're telling God, hey, God, did you forget about us? There's a virus. And God didn't forget about us. I believe that it's our opportunity as followers of Jesus to say, hey, it's time for a pivot. 
It's time to look and say, what, is, what we've been doing isn't working, so let's take a step back. And instead of trying to keep doing the same thing and fight everybody and get angry, let's stop trying to control the wind and let's pray that God eliminates the coronavirus, certainly. Gets rid of it. But instead of trying to fight it and control it, because control is not real. Yes, we try to control that our kids are safe. Yes, we try to control everything in our lives, but the reality is in one second everything can change and you, you never had control. You tried to have control. But the truth is, the winds will blow where they're going to blow. And so, here's the question today. This is the title of the message. Will I fight the wind or will I, like Hasten's little kite, go with the wind? Will I let God dictate the direction of my life or will I say I don't like the way this thing's going so I'm going to fight against it because it doesn't work. So I want to give you a couple of examples. The example of fighting the wind is found in Jonah. Now some of y'all know the story of Jonah and it's a trip. The story of Jonah is a trip because we know, listen, you don't even have to have been in church before and you've heard that Jonah got swallowed by a big fish, Right? Jonah got swallowed by a big fish. Everybody knows that. But let's look why. It says, the word of the Lord came to Jonah, the son of whatever that cast name was, saying, arise and go to Nineveh. So, so the wind, doom, doom, is turned on and God says, spirit led. Be led by me. Go toward Nineveh. Go this way. And Jonah's like, sweet. That great city. And call out against it, for their evil has come up before me. And so God's like, listen, the evil that Nineveh's doing is, is, is I, I'm aware of it. And so I want you to go there and I want you to tell them to stop. And here's what Jonah did. He was like, good, I'll do exactly what you said. I'll be led by the spirit. I will do exactly. I will do that. No, that's not what he did. He fought the wind. But Jonah said, no, dog, to the Holy Ghost and rose and flee, fight the wind to flee to Tarshish. That's a hard word to say because of the shish. <laughs> there you go. From the, look what it says, though. Look what he fled from. He didn't flee from the place. He fled from the presence. That's a little side piece. Y'all should write that down. A lot of times the struggle that we have is that we flee from the presence of God. Anytime, matter of fact, let me just say this. Anytime that I'm fleeing, I'm fleeing from the presence of God or the power of God in my life. Because I don't like what he said, so I'd rather have a different outcome. So I want to control what's going on, so I flee the presence. And then he went down to Joppa and found a ship. If y'all ever go with me to Israel, you'll get to do this. You'll get to see exactly where he set sail right out of Joppa. It's really cool. And he found a ship going to Tarshish. And so he paid. There's more wind, praise the Lord. So he paid the fare and went down into it to go with them to Tarshish and away from the presence of the Lord. No one else on the, on the boat would have known what's going on. But how many of y'all know that if I run from God, if I run from the presence, if I run from God's purpose for my life, if I flee, if I decide I'm going to fight against the wind, I put everybody in harm's way. Look at what it says. But the Lord hurled a, what does it say? Great wind. The Lord hurled a great wind upon the sea. And there was a mighty tempest on the sea that the, ships, that the ship threatened to break up. In other words, the ship was about to fall apart and all hell was breaking loose and it was because instead of going with what God's purpose for his life was, when, when the Spirit of God said, do this, he said, no, dog, I'm not doing that and he fought the wind. And that will never go well for you. And this is what happens in the story because I didn't put anything else in it. But 
like I said a minute ago, if you've ever read the Bible before or you ever even heard fairy tales, people have told the story about a whale coming to swallow them up. Now, I don't know if it was a whale or a shark or any kind of other fish, but I can know this. It wasn't good. Huh? To spend three days in the belly of a, of a big old fish does not sound good to me. Come on, somebody. Like, I don't want no part of that. But a lot of times that's what has to happen to us because we won't listen. We won't do as God says, and so we're fighting the wind so hard. I don't like this. Why do we fight the wind? It's because I don't like the direction that's blowing, and I'd rather go in a different direction. Tarshish was a much better place in this day. All of us should be able to understand why Jonah did this. We can bash him. We can make fun of him. But the reality is Tarshish was good. Nineveh was evil. I, did, I would not have wanted any part of being in Nineveh either. But we don't really get to ask the question, do I want to go? We get to ask the question, will I fly with the direction that God says or will I fight because I don't like what he says? Because I guarantee you those disciples who were out on that storm, who God had planned to show them something, would have said, nah, Jesus, this is not a good plan. But they decided not to fight they decided to go with and they could see the power of God and the presence of God in their lives and just because a judgment like the east wind comes against you sometimes does not mean listen carefully he is not judging you he is trying to remove the things in your life that you've allowed to come in because God loves us enough to remove things and sometimes it feels like he's judging you but what God's really doing is allowing those things to come in so it doesn't harm you because he loves you. And, and when you think it's all got to be rosy and good, then when the things come in or even a virus comes in, God's not punishing us. God has not forgotten us. That is not happening. And let me call down some of the people that I've heard say, well, God has made this happen because he's punishing the people, the Christians. No, stop. That is not what's happening. But sometimes a directional wind can come so that we'll refocus and say, oh, I'm supposed to go with God, and God must be transitioning, God must be moving, and instead of trying to fight it, I'll go with it. And so, and by the way, things turned out really well for Jonah because he finally, when he got spit out and repented, God sent him to Nineveh, and the whole place got saved, and that's good. I don't know if y'all know this, but that is a good thing when everybody turns to God. And so the other option is flying with the wind, and I love that. And it's actually flying in the wind, setting sail. So do y'all know this? Back in the day, they did not have motors on boats. Did y'all know this? I know this is like breaking news to everybody. But, but you had to set, when you set sail, you kind of were dictated which way you were going to go solely by the direction of the wind. And there's trade winds, and, and pretty much the wind's going to blow in that direction. And sometimes a weird wind comes up and blows in a different direction. But you were pretty much going to go the way the wind was going to blow. And so it only made sense for in that day for people to understand that you should go with the wind, that, 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 that metaphorically we have to go in this direction because we don't have a motor. Now here's the problem is in distraction we have so many options that we get to go any direction that we want to go. We just get to decide. I don't have time for the presence of God today. I'll do my own thing. And so we basically... In modern Christianity, in the 21st century, we basically get to decide which way am I going to go, which way am I going to do. And then we ask God to come bless it. We are blessed because we are God's chosen. We are God's people. Not because we do certain things well. But if you decide I'm going to go flying and let God bless it instead of asking God where we should go, don't ask him to bless it. So look what 2 Samuel 
2 Samuel chapter 5, one of my favorite stories in the Bible. This is so cool, y'all. To give you some background in 2 Samuel 5, David has been fighting. This is King David, maybe the most famous person in all of the Old Testament. And he's fighting He's fighting the Philistines, and, and they had been pushing them back, and the Philistines were the greatest army in the whole world at the time, and it was a big, huge, crazy fight, and they had fought them back, fought them back, fought them back, and at verse 22 in 2 Samuel 5, it says, the Philistines came up yet again and spread out in this valley, and by the way, in this valley, David earlier in the chapter had named it Baal Perizim, Baal Perizim, which means the owner of the breakthrough. He had named it this place because he knew that because God was in him, he was the owner of the breakthrough and that he was going to receive a breakthrough. And you think about it metaphorically. If, if you're completely surrounded, ten times as many troops, you have no hope to win this battle except if you listen to God. He named the place after what was about to take place. That is before it happens, I already know that I'm the owner of the breakthrough because God lives in me. My goodness, could I preach that right there. And it says in verse 23, And when David inquired of the Lord, God, which way do you want the wind to blow? He said to him, You shall not go up. Now keep in mind, they were hidden, they were, they were bunkered. They might not have beaten everybody, but they could have taken out a big chunk of the army at that moment. And he said, I want you to go around to the rear. I want you to pay attention. I, I'm going to change the direction of this wind for a second. I don't want you to go straight ahead that looks like it makes the most sense. I want you to go to the other side because I've got a wind of change coming. Come on, somebody. I've got a wind that's going to blow in a different direction. And when I decide the speed of the wind and the direction of the wind, I want you to go around instead of straight through. Now, I promise you, in the context, it looked, it made a whole lot more sense for David to go straight too. And I almost guarantee, there's nothing in there that says this, but I would almost guarantee that the people around David would have said, amen, not amen, hey, bro, this is not the smartest thing. Like, we shouldn't go around to their rear. We should go straight on and we should just attack them. But God said go around to the rear and come against them on the opposite of the balsam trees. That's like poplar trees. And when you hear the sound, listen to the, y'all can't miss this. It says when you hear the sound of marching in the tops of the, of the trees, that does not mean that people were marching, how many of y'all know this, in the tops of the trees. It means that when there's a rustling wind, when you hear the wind begin to blow, I'm going to, listen, listen, don't miss this, I'm going to let you get in place of where you were going, where I told you to go, and once you obey me and do exactly what I told you and go to the back side, not what looks like it makes sense, but what I tell you to do because I've already been in front of you. I've already been where you're going. And once you do this and you hear this sound, then the Lord has gone out before you and will strike down the army of the Philistines. Do you hear what that says? He's like, listen, I promise you the victory is already done. You just have to follow the wind. And so it says David did what the Lord commanded him to do and struck down the Philistines from Geba to Gezer. And he won this battle not because he was so smart, not because he was the greatest warrior in the history of all Israel. And those things may be true. But it's because he did what God said. He followed the wind. And I think it's so fascinating that in this story, the God of the owner of the breakthrough. Some of y'all are sitting at home today and you're thinking to myself, or you're thinking to yourself, excuse me, I don't know if I can get this done. I'm tired of this. I feel like I'm about to lose my mind. I'm, I'm all, 
hey, we don't have a choice what's going on. And if we would just sit and wait on God and not get angry and anxious and say, these things should be happening. But watch, we would listen and then we would do. Everything would change. Everything, everything. I'm not saying that the virus would go away in 10 minutes. I'm saying in your life there would be a peace because you would know that I'm not called to control the wind. I'm called to the one that can speak and the wind can change. So if I'm in line with him, my words will have power. But if I'm not, my words are just meaningless. And I'm going through like a hamster on a wheel and I'm trying to figure this thing out. But I'm not led by the Holy Spirit right now. And y'all, you can do everything right. But as long as you try to control every outcome of your life, you will remain frustrated with what's taking place. And so how are we then spirit-led? How are we spirit-led, y'all? How do we fly in the wind? How do we set sail to where we go where God intended us? Because that is difficult in the fact that you don't get to decide, you just get to sail. How does that happen? We pray, we listen. And I think this is so important about the story of David. You block out the noise. Because David could have prayed and then the Bible says he inquired in 2 Samuel 5, he inquired of God, meaning he prayed, but he also said, God, what would you have me do? We should do that every day. But don't just pray and ask God what to do and then let all these distractions and noise come against you. I want to give you some examples of the way that we should block out some noise. Come on, somebody. What does that say? Netflix. Now, I ain't preaching against Netflix because I like it. I like it. I like Netflix. I like lots of shows on there. Praise the Lord. We've binge watched stuff. We've probably watched more. Wife, we've probably watched more than we have recently. However, I want y'all to not miss this. I think this is a distraction for a lot of people. I mean, like, this isn't me being beating you down saying you shouldn't watch any of this whatsoever, any Disney Plus or any Amazon Prime videos or any new movies. I'm not saying that at all. I'm saying if this is taking up the majority of our time right now, then the presence of God is not even something that you know about. Have you inquired of God, what should I do? Have you asked him like, God, what would you have me do? Have you taken time and said, I want to spend more time just talking to my family, talking to my kids, talking to my spouse, talking to my parents? Or has this become just all of your time that you're not doing what you've always done and we're not watching sports and we're not watching other activities? Has this become so ingrained that you just fill it with something else rather than say, I have an opportunity to find out what direction God wants me to go in, but I'm just focused on Netflix? Or are we on our tablets and phones? Or video games, maybe this could be video games. And trying to figure out, where is it that is my next thing or my next distraction? Someone say distraction in your home, say distraction. Because that's what all these things are, is they're not bad things. Netflix is not bad, these things are not bad, but they become distractions to where the noise isn't easily blocked out. And then I thought this was a perfect picture of our lives. Because... Some of y'all have deadlines or things. You're trying to figure out your 401k and your, and your pension because it's going down. You've got, you've got social media that is all around us and someone says something about us or posts something we don't like. You've got the news. You've got people in your ear trying to tell you what to do or what not to do. We've got everything but the Lord's voice 
around our ears. So Mark, how do I listen for the Lord's voice? I'm just going to tell you this. This isn't a slide. I just feel like I'm supposed to share it with you. You got to sit long enough in worship. And here's what I do. I put in earbuds because I don't like hearing myself sing because it's oftentimes not on key, but I can't tell if my earbuds are in. Come on, somebody. And I just worship him. The Bible says we enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise, and I just tell him how grateful I am. And I promise you this. If you know the Lord, you have things you can be grateful for. You have things. You can say, I know me, and I know how jacked up my mind thinks, and I'm thankful for all that you've done in my life. And then I open the word, and I say, God, speak to me. And I read the word. Listen to this. I do the one-year Bible every day, but I also want to read the word long enough until he speaks to me. Sometimes it's 10 verses. Sometimes it's 100 verses, and sometimes it will be more. But I'm going to read it until he speaks directly to me about something that I need or something that he needs me to know. And I'm telling you, it's like, boom, you just know. But it starts with an inquiry, an asking, God, what would you have for me to do? Watch. Who would you have me text? Who would you have me call? Who would you lead me into what you need me to do today to accomplish what you put me on this earth to do? That's how you're spirit-led. You're not spirit-led when you just say, God, I'm going to do this. So I'm going to turn the fan on, and I need you to bless the direction that I want the wind to blow. It's God. I know the wind's blowing, so show me the direction, and I'll line up with you. Because we have to learn to do what the Holy Spirit leads me to do, not ask the Holy Spirit to bless what I want to do. And y'all, it's a difficult thing because it's the easiest thing in the world is to say, Mark, I spent 10 hours in prayer and, and I fasted and I did all these things. And listen, I believe fasting is amazing. Prayer is, is detaching from, from the outside noise and attaching to God. And, and fasting is detaching from the world. Fasting is I look at all these distractions in my life and I'm detaching from that. So I, so I cling to God and I detach from the world by prayer and fasting. But you can pray and fast and then miss the point altogether if, if you're asking God to bless what you're in and not asking God what you should be in. So don't ask God to give life to the things that you're not called to give life to. Y'all, we're a team. More important, let's, let's forget, we're a body. Mark Pangle is not more important than you. I'm a part of the body of Christ. He, Jesus, capital C Church is the head. And no matter metaphorically in our, in our Four Points Church where I fit on the body, I'm only supposed to do what God's called me to do. I'm not supposed to rebel against or be angry or say, God, I want to raise this up or do this. But when he's put something on you, watch. If in fear you won't do it because you're like, I didn't like Nineveh or I don't like those people, or I don't like that thing, then don't ask him to bless what he's called you to. Because he's called you specifically to do what he's called you to do. And listen, this is, I love this verse in the message. It's Ephesians chapter 4. It's verse 30. When we used this last week, but I didn't use the message, and I just think this is so powerful with today's message. He says, don't grieve God. Don't grieve God. Don't break his heart. His Holy Spirit moving and breathing in you is the most intimate. Listen to this. Listen. These words are so powerful. It's the most intimate part of you and your life. 
There's nothing about you more intimate than the Holy Spirit in you because there's a perfect fit of this whole that is God in you. And when I fill it with other things, I miss the perfect puzzle piece, the perfect fit, making you fit for who? Himself. So don't take such a gift for granted. And listen, I don't care how smart you are. I don't care what degrees you have. I don't care where you've been. If you're not, if you're not following the lead of the Holy Spirit in your life, every day being filled and then say, you say it and I'll do it. That does not mean every red light you should ask God. God, should I turn right or left? He doesn't operate that way. He gives you a mind. You are wise. I'm talking about big decisions and big things. But then just start your day and say, what would you have me do, God? Who would you have me reach out to? Who would you have me encourage? Who would you have me strength? Who would you have me, God, who needs a, a word of encouragement today? Who needs a little bit of blessing today? And it would change our lives. But the problem is the only thing it seems like, and I may not even be talking about you right now. Maybe I'm just talking about me. It seems like the only thing I want God for is just to come make me feel better about what I'm in. Or maybe maybe I just want God so that so that. Maybe I just want God so that I feel like I've done a good thing by getting with him today. Maybe I, I want to check God off my list of things that I need to check off, and so I'll read the Bible for 10 minutes at the start of my day. But I, I, just, I just feel so compelled this entire week to tell you that's not what God wants. The Holy Spirit is not a weird thing that God left behind. He said it would be better when I left. Why? Not because Jesus beside us isn't wonderful, but because the Holy Spirit inside us is even greater. And the Bible says, I have a friend that sticks closer than a brother. Well, that's him. That is literally this perfect fit that God made for himself is him in you. That you watch this, that you cooperate perfectly like hand in glove, you and the Holy Spirit. And when I operate with him, and when I, when I realize that he wants to walk with me every single day, and every moment of every day, be aware of his presence in my life and not take for granted how wonderful this gift is and not try to fight the wind constantly in my life saying why does it feel like I'm going headstrong against everything that does not mean storms won't come up but watch this that means that I don't have to create the storm it means I can be aware that when a storm comes it's so that God moves me into the place that is a proper fit for my life not so that I fight trying to get to where I think's best for my life Because the most wonderful thing about the Holy Spirit is the fact that he's your wonderful counselor, that he's your advocate, that he lives in you and he's waiting to just have conversations with you in a love relationship. Because we have a heavenly father who deeply loves us as a father does, but only he's the perfect one. And we have his son who died on the cross to take away our sins. And so we could be joint heirs is what the Bible says with, with him. But he left his spirit for us to be our best friend, to live in us. And so many of us think the Holy Spirit's weird. The Holy Spirit is not any of those weird things. And he is what should be leading our lives every single day. But for some of you, here's what I believe the truth is. The reason the Spirit doesn't lead you is because you've never met him. So this is what I want you to do right now. If you think, if you think that through all of this, you like the sound of having... God living inside of you because that's all this is. Your very breath, the essence of your life so that, so that instead of the, the, the 
dead periods, feeling like there's no hope or there's no wind blowing whatsoever and you just feel stuck in your life, the, you can set your sails and know that he'll take you where you're supposed to go. But in order for that to happen, you got to know it. And this is all that I believe knowing him means. It's telling God, God, I no longer want to do this on my own. I'm tired of running. I'm tired of, I'm tired of being the boss of my own life. And I'm ready to give you my entire life. So today, Jesus, right where I sit in my bedroom, driving down the road, no matter where you are today, eating breakfast together, God, I give you my life. I offer myself to you. Lord, come inside of me and then live in the person of the Holy Spirit inside of me. I am yours. Listen, I believe if you pray a simple prayer like Jesus, I'm yours. I believe you died on the cross for my sin. I believe you rose again and today I'm yours. I believe if you pray it and you mean it in your heart, not if you just say the words that I say, but if you actually mean I want you to be alive in me, I believe God saves you right then and there because the Bible says this, if we confess with our mouths and believe in our hearts that God raised Jesus from the dead, you will be saved. And so I believe no matter where you are today, if you pray it and you mean it, you are saved and we want to celebrate with you. So if you did that, if you mean it, if you pray it right now and you mean it, this is what I want you to do. I want you to text this number, 864-606-3600. Text this word, ALIVE, because we want to celebrate with you. But here's why. We don't want to celebrate with you so we can put a post up saying three people or 10 people or 50 people got saved. That's awesome and we will celebrate it. We want it because it matters for you because you can't, you can't know which direction the Holy Spirit wants to take you if you don't know him. You'll always be guessing all around you which way is he blowing, which way is he doing, what does he want to do. But what he wants for your life is just let him lead you. He loves you so much and he wants to lead your life. But you got to let it by simply saying, God, I'm yours. And so, God, that's our prayer today is just to open ourselves up to you and say, we're yours. God, in just a couple minutes, we're going to close with an amazing song of worship. And we get to be in this room where everybody's not able to gather today because of stuff happening, but we still get to experience your power and your might and your presence. God, we don't have to be afraid because no matter what comes against us, we have you with us. And we just want to make the declaration of how thankful we are that we're your sons and daughters. What an amazing gift your Holy Spirit is. So God, we choose today that the breath of life that only comes from you will breathe in us, not by our power and strength, but by your Spirit. And so lead us and direct us in Jesus' name. Amen. Listen, I got a couple things I got to tell you. First of all, we got something really special we're planning for Easter. I'm telling you, it's going to be different than anything, by far different than any service we've ever done in, in the history of our church. And we are pumped about it. So I need you to share. I need you to share. I need you to share. Change your profile picture on social media to, to join me at, at Four Points Church. We'll send stuff out all week. I'll be paying attention. But I'm telling you, we're going to give you a couple teasers during the week. But this is going to be a game changer. And then we've been working really hard, our staff, Jenny and Katie and Austin and myself and, and, and Joe and Pastor Steven and everybody. We've been really working hard on trying to get groups so we can get all of you the opportunity not to meet together, but through our own system. So it's kind of like Zoom, but we're going to do it through the rock. And we need you to let us know. So if you'll text the word group, 
864-606-3600. We'll help you. We'll hook you up with a group. There'll be plenty of groups. And if we got to have 20 in a group the first week, that's fine. But we, we got a group for you. So listen, if you're tired of just your kids, I love my kids. You're right there. But I'm ready for other adult interaction. Come on, Jesus. So this is the opportunity. And listen, just because there's, there's limitations does not mean we have to let that decide that we can't have community. Limitation creates innovation, and that's what we've done. And so I'm proud of our staff, and I'm excited for you that we get to group together, that we'll have discussions for you, and it's going to be amazing. So make sure you text that, y'all, no, every single person, because this is a new opportunity for you, and I promise you, you can do it. I don't care, young or old, I don't care who you are, you can do it. So make sure you text group. And then the last thing is we want you to give. Continue to be obedient to God. Here's what I'm asking you to do today. I'm asking you to be led by the Spirit and do exactly what He tells me, excuse me, tells you to do. I don't want you to do what He tells me to do. I want you to do what He tells you to do. And I had this thought this week. Travis is going to help me. Travis is going to help me. If y'all can point the camera on Travis's hands. Matthew chapter 6 verse 3 says, this is, this is my definition of how I believe you can know if you're properly being generous. Now, I'm not saying if you give. I'm saying if you're being generous. The Bible says don't let your right hand know what your left hand's doing. Don't let your right hand know what your left hand is doing. And I bet you, Travis has been playing for a long time and he's really good. And I bet you when he's going through and doing his thing, he's not having to say, hey, right hand, my left hand's about to do this, I don't even know what it is, so I couldn't tell you which exact one he's doing. See when it's changing? But, but hey, hey, left hand, I'm about to strum, so I need you to change. It becomes something natural to him because he's gotten good at it. And so once you begin to operate in obedience with God, you'll begin to give as he tells you to give. And you won't have to let everybody know. And you won't have to look down because when we're teaching people how to dribble, they first start dribbling like this. But eventually, I don't have to let my right hand know what my left hand's doing. It knows to be there. And that's what, that's what our goal is for you. It's not that you give every dollar that you have, but so that you can be led by the Holy Spirit and not let your right hand know what your left hand's doing, that it becomes something you naturally do in following the Holy Spirit. Y'all, listen to me. I don't care if there's no rich people that come to Fort Worth. God will use each and every one of us, whether we're jobless or whether we're making more than we ever have in our lives or no matter what, if we're obedient to him, if we give our first fruits to him and if we just follow his lead. So all we're asking you to do is be obedient. Don't let your right hand know what your left hand's doing. Just begin to operate exactly like he tells you to do. And it'll change your life. That's how you're spirit led. So you can give. By texting that same text, 864-606-3600, just text the word GIVE. You can give online at fourpoints.org, or you can come by and give it to us because we'll be here a little bit during the week, or we can mail you some offering envelopes if you need them. Just let us know. Listen, do not miss this next week. It's going to be life-changing. We can't wait. Now stand to your feet in your living rooms or wherever you are, and let's finish this service by worshiping the Lord. We love you so much. I can't wait for Easter.